Hello everyone, this is Black Girl Soul with a BGS Clubhouse recording. Um, I am something else and Song Ray. And today we are going to finally, because Song Ray has already watched this and I'm the slow one, we are finally <laughs> going to <laughs> talk about the Red Sleeve. Super popular show. I'm going to let Sung Ray give a synopsis. Go, Sung Ray. So basically, The Red Sleeve stars Lee Jun Ho and Lee Se Young, and they are functioning from the position of being king, and she is a court lady in the king's court. And she worked, they, of course, you already know, y'all, it's a drama. They have a childhood connection. So they deal with that. And from there, they grow and she becomes a court lady in the library, which is right next to where the prince works. And then from there, they move on and they talk about a few other things and, you know, deal with a few other issues. But overall, they begin falling in love. And then they're beginning to fall in love. They move from there. And, you know, you just got all kind of stuff happening. And, she makes a resolve, a decision that she's not interested in being the typical concubine court lady. He is like madly in love and cannot let go. And so they, you know, have these issues that they're dealing with and these things that are going on. And the story twines you through their love till they finally do get together. Right. And Sungray is great for these types of dramas. Segus, I am okay with them. Like, hit or miss. It depends. But when it came to overall how I felt about the drama and my rating of the drama, it's a solid A. I stalled at episode seven. And then when I knew we were going to do the podcast, I was like, okay, let me not walk into this completely ignorant. Like, even if I have to speed watch, let, let me do some. Let me know what the heck is going on. So that when Sung Ray waxes poetic on how wonderful the drama is, I can be like, you know, halfway intelligent when I say, oh, hell no, or I say, I agree. So I watched all the episodes and I can give it a solid A because it was beautiful to look at. The characters were solid. They weren't like, you know, I mean, I have problems with the characters. Don't, don't get it twisted. But as far as how the writing went, everything, um, the fact that it was, heavily in the historical elements even though it wasn't you know it wasn't like everything you saw in the drama is what really happened that's not how it went down but it was based on historical figures but I will say that despite it being a solid drama it was kind of bittersweet for me because we got oh, whoa this great... whoa whoa don't don't give spoilers yet I'm not giving spoilers okay okay <laughs> even though it was a solid drama. It was bittersweet for me because it was a great romance. I mean, that's not a spoiler, but <laughs> we, you have to suffer with these characters because you know they, they, were, they were real people. Like, you know, the, the details and the romance, that might be fictional, but like the broad strokes, the overarching, these were real people who were really in these situations, really in love. So I kind of almost wish that they weren't real people because it just added a level of like melancholy for me because you know how you have that post-drama depression 
where you finish a drama and you're like, I'm going to miss the characters and the setting and I'm going to miss the stories. And I don't have that. I do not have that. I wanted this drama to end. That's how much it was like, oh, I want this to end. But it was a melancholy feeling because of the historical figures. If you knew the really real, and I watched it on Vicky, so you know those comments were like telling all kinds of historical business. It just, it was like bittersweet. It's like I got to the end and I was like, oh, glad this is over. <laughs> how about you, songwriting? For me, I rate the drama uh, 10 out of 10. You use letters, so if we're going to use letters, an A for me as well. I loved it. I loved every aspect. I enjoyed the way they wrote the story. I The, the, the writer who did the screenplay, yeah, beautiful. The director, the cinematography, all of that was beautiful. The wardrobe, all of that. Like, I loved all of it. Mm-hmm. Um the actual storyline itself yes you become vested in these characters you want them to have this happy ending you want it to be great like she said I personally now when I watch Segooks and this is my thing I am not interested in the freaking history that is me I had somebody tell me I was so wrong for that but hey you know everybody got their own opinion I am not interested in wanting to know the real why because for me, then it kind of throws off the concept of it being fantasy. This is television. This is not real. So if it's a documentary, different story. But if I'm watching right. a story that's a drama, nah, I don't need all the parts. I want to see the story they're telling me and make sure it makes sense and make sure it flows correctly. And so for me, it flowed correctly. I was, you know, comfortable with it. I liked it. I was vested in. Again, it wasn't a drama I was trying to watch. I'm going to tell y'all that right this second. So I watched only because I got a reference. Somebody kept talking about it. And I was like, okay, she keeps talking about this doggone drama. Let me go see what this is about. I turned it on and I was like, oh shit, I fell in. I was all in. So yeah, I I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I watched because everyone talked about it, including you. And I thought, because it's not my preferred genre of um, Asian television shows, I was like, okay, I'll give them one episode. You know how I roll. I'm like, I'll give you one or two episodes. If you're not about it, deuces, moving on. I got a life to live. I'm not going to waste my time. (laughs) But what got me was when they were in the library and he didn't catch her. Like, (laughs) there's certain (laughs) places where you expected certain things to happen because you've seen them in dramas over and over again. He was like, I don't know you like that. And I was like, oh, Dude, you fine and you real? Mm, okay. I mean, you don't like to see a man let a woman fall. But he was like, um, I'm all about that. Like, why are you trying to touch me? Like, I, I was, <laughs> it was cracking me up. So that's why I kind of s- stuck around. And because there seemed to be a slightly modern element to her. Um, at least that's how I felt at the time. And so I was like, okay, um, I can watch this. But then, like I said, I got to episode seven and I think it was that all those Vicky.com comments, forget the spoilers. They were dropping like the realities of the history. I was like, oh, y'all hurting me. I, I, I want to know all that. Like you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> so then, I, then I took a break. I don't want to say I just completely walked away. I kept on thinking, you'll go back, you'll go back. And then I just didn't go back. Then some rain talked about how much it was blowing up. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, I kid you not, a writer reached out to us like, hey, do you want to give your opinion about historical kid dramas? And we were like, 
it's that big? Oh, okay. Okay. Let me, let me look at this again. But that was pretty much it. I mean, at this point, when we do our Black Girl Soul podcasts and recordings, this is where we give that spoiler alert. So spoilers ahead, because we've given you a rating, we've given you a summary, and now we're about to spoil the hell out of this thing. So if you are still trying to watch this, and I understand, walk away come back later. You can find this episode on our website at www.blackgirlsoul.com. The soul is spelled S-E-O-U-L. So you can catch it there. Now that we're past the spoiler alert, Sung I'm bagging up. I'm bagging up because okay. I'm going to bag into telling you guys about basically how I even got here and some other observations I made as okay. I began watching. Okay. So one of the things for me, like I was saying, I watched because I don't know if any of you all know, but her name is Benahart. She is on Twitter, Instagram. I follow her on Instagram mainly. And in her stories, every day she's posting about this doggone drama. And, you know, I looked at the character poster. I looked at the trailer. Uh, you know, I've seen these faces before, but not thinking too hard about this. But she kept posting, kept posting. So finally, I told her, I was like, hey, you have done it. I'm, I'm, on it. I'm all in. So I go in, and one of the things I noticed from the beginning, I'm like, oh, this dude, I know his face from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now, please understand, because people always laugh when they ask, we were not K-pop fans. It's not who we were. We didn't know about K-pop. We were not into K-pop. We came over in this in K-drama land only. So I had no clue who 2PM was. I had no clue who June uh, was. Like, I had none of that. So as I'm watching, I'm like, okay, I've seen this face before. So I go back to look at all of the stuff on Vicky. You know, if you click on the actor, you see all of their other works. And I see, oh, Just Between Lovers, I saw that. But why did I put that video, that mo- that drama out my head? I had put it out my head. And I'm like, why did I put that drama out my head? And I realized as I'm watching The Red Sleeve, I backtrack and I start watching um, Just Between Lovers again in between, you know, while you wait for your next week's worth of episodes. So I'm watching, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I do remember him and I do remember this drama. And I put it out my head because it was a sad drama too. <laughs> it was a drama that made me feel... Like, damn, can they catch a break? Can anything get right for these two? Can they please? Man, that drama made me so sad. I That one I left going, whew, I'm glad they have finally got it together and this is over. That's how I felt about Just Between Lovers. <clears throat> the same way you were describing about um, The Red Sleeve. So for her, I had seen her, but I, to this day, couldn't tell you what drama I had seen her in. I just knew her face amongst K-drama actor, actresses. Um... And in which case, you know, again, those were the reasons why it hadn't initially caught me. But the Sega portion of it is what made me want to watch. Because at the time, I was watching The King's Affection and I had just started uh, The Secret Royal Inspector and Joy. So I wasn't really trying to add in this third one. But, you know, she kept on talking. So I went on and put it in. Hmm. I am so glad that I did because as... 
something else was saying, some of my major observations were what really captivated me was the cinematography, the stunning wardrobes, the way the story was written where you, you know, kind of, you fell into these people. You wanted to know what was going on with them. You were worried about this. You were interested in that. And oh my God, this, the fairy gang, because that's who they are to me. They the fairy gang. The fairy gang and all of what was going on with them, like you just were in it. You wanted to know all of the deets and what was happening with them. Um, I also feel like these actresses and actors did a fucking phenomenal job. I mean, they did their job. You believed the characters. It wasn't as though you at any one point in time, like she said, you with Yi Sung, Yi, Yi Seyoung, the one who played Dokim, the court lady. For her, like when she first began, you have this like happy, carefree young girl who's just doing her thing and she careless about what other people are talking about. She gonna read her story. She not following no directions. You know, she doing her. You see the changes and the shifts and all of that. And I think because you were able to see all that the way that they showed it, I think they have wonderful acting skills. All of the people who played those like major roles, they did a very good job to me. What do you think? I mean, that's what I'm saying. This is totally... Uh, some brave show because oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. because I noticed their acting. I mean, I think they were good actors, and I'm I'm the type of person if they can do micro expressions well, then they get extra points for me. You know, like and you know, all the Asian actors can cry cute. So that used to be my litmus test for how good an actor was. Like back in the day, it was like, oh, okay, if you can see the actor like cry and it wasn't them just scrunching up their faces I was just like oh points but all the Asian actors down to the kids okay down near the pets they can all cry on cue so I was like okay so let's not hide justice but it was like you can see the micro um micro expressions I hope I didn't say microaggressions before but um the micro expressions when things would happen and every time I kid you not and that's just I don't know. There's some guys who can do this as actors, as men, hell, as men. But when a man gives a woman like, or his own, own man, I don't care, um, like that loving look, he could do loving looks like nobody's business. I'm watching the episode and then every time he's in the library with her or he's looking at her towards the end, the final um, episodes, those loving expressions, I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> so if if that's good acting, then that's what I noticed. Okay, that's what I noticed. Um, what else, Sung Ray? Um, I'm also gonna say, I feel like because in this just the time frame, so like the way and the reason why I brought up uh, Dokim is because the way she behaved from the beginning to the way she behaved once she you know, pressures began to come upon her to make choices and have to choose certain things to her deciding and making a choice to be fully invested in, I am here to serve you to, as the stuff rotated and moved on. And the same for him. I really appreciated seeing his young carefree crown prince person to becoming the king, like the becoming portion, not even, he's not even king yet, but the becoming portion to actually being the king to the reflection even when he's older and even to his death like I think those things just really were woven very nicely how the story was done um I also think that their love the love relationship that they had was extremely complicated 
But Mm -hmm. one of the things that I had to stop and reflect on as I listened to comments and listened to people share their opinions and their thoughts was it's real life. That's what made sense to me because it was so real life. Like sometimes you can be in love with a person. You can realize, you know, oh, I want to spend all my time with them. I want to be with them. I want them. But then it's not good for you. It's not what you should be doing at that point in time. Or you get what you want and it isn't what you imagine. Things don't kind of pan out and flare the way you wanted them to go. And so, you know, all of those things to me made this even much more realistic and much more I could deal with this. I could do this. So yes, there were times where people, oh, it was toxic. Okay, if that's what you feel like, I'm just saying, I've seen this happen before. Like, I'm not lost on this. And I've been through some of this. So, you know, I, I understand being with someone that may not necessarily be what you wanted it to be. You had another vision in mind, but here's where you are. And it not flowing the way you wanted it to flow once you even got to the space that you thought you wanted to be in. So, you know, it, it worked for me. I love that authenticness of it. Well, I'll I'll preface talking about their relationship and my issues with it by saying that I think that she was like a woman outside of her time mm-hmm. in that I think that what she wanted was pretty realistic for us in the modern age. But back right. then she had to deal with certain restrictions, especially since it was related to the royal court. And so there's just no room for her. Like there was some, she was all hemmed up. And I could feel that, especially towards the later episodes, that she just didn't have as much of a choice as we would have expected for her. Like, even her friend. Her friend had a whole relationship, got pregnant, and they killed her. You know, like that, that was where they were living. Those were the circumstances under which she had to make decisions. So, initially, I was like, okay, she is hella wishy-washy. Because I was like, okay, I know you're checking for him, but you keep exactly. pulling back. The one thing I definitely give to her, and that's why I said she was a woman outside of her time, was that she knew what she wanted. What she wanted was to work, hang out with her friends, and have a good life. She wanted simple things. And the problem was he wanted her, she wanted him. I think she even was like in this place where she was like, if I could be with you and not like be a concubine, because I think that's what it came down to. She did not want to be a concubine. Even the queen dowager you know, the the king's wife at one point towards the end of the series says, we're in a luxurious prison. Yes, you know? I and love so, that. Right. So I think that those were the circumstances under which Dogi Ma, <laughs> uh-huh. that, that she was living under. And so that's why that wishy-washy was happening. So it took me again to the end of the show to kind of reflect back a bit because I was like, okay, I understand that you want to hang out with your girls and you want to just work, but you're a maid in a situation where people can hurt you, where you don't have any kind of power over self even, like no autonomy for real. And then I'm like, this dude, it's not even like he just want to have sex with you. This dude loves you. Even if he's not going to love you forever, because, you know, he keeps them concubines. Like, I had to go look it up. Over his lifetime, he had a queen and he had four concubines, including her. And so I had to even read up. Like, that's the thing I will give this drama. You are so invested in the characters that I just went and started reading about the history. Because I was like, okay, I got to know how it really went down. I really need to know what's up. Just to have peace of mind, because your emotions have been stirred up, right? 
And so right. the concubine lifestyle, if you will, that's that's a horrible way to say it, but like their lifestyle, it truly was like in this way where, or at least in their situation, I think that he was with these other concubines because he had to have heirs, mm-hmm. but his heart was with her. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the issues too. They at least were in circumstances where they could see, not like they, it's not like now where we have this, what I consider to be a slightly inflated idea about this guy, this woman, that's it. That person's your everything. They love you to the, to your dirty draws. Like, you know, we have this like crazy overinflated idea of it without looking at the realities of it. And in her circumstance, I don't think she had the expectation that he would completely be only hers but there's also the the very real reality of womanhood during that time period where she had limited options as a woman that was her best case scenario to work at the palace that she would not be the only one for him but he would be the only one for her even the fact that all the women in the court were optionally his like he had the option and the power that he could be knocking it back with each of these chicks. And he didn't need to make them concubines. Like that was just the world for real that she lived in. So the fact that she was like, nope, I'm not interested. And he backed off. That was like different for their time. The fact that she waited a bit before she was like, okay, I'll be your concubine, which leads me to their relationship. At least twice in that whole drama, he was problematic. Like, I, I think, <laughs> I, I don't even want to call it sexual harassment because it was more than that. It was like some kind of crazy sexual aggression where one time he straight hold her by her neck. Now, here's my thing. That was kind of sexy for a second. It was. <laughs> At first I was like, ooh. But see, then she never was ooh. like receptive. So when he backed off, I was like, oh, this went from sexy to what the hell? So then there was another incident where he basically, I think at night, he got up close to her again because he cute. It was coming off sexy. But then all of a sudden he was like, you know, I could take you anywhere I want you. And then I could leave you and uh, all the other court ladies. In the back room, I was like, what? Oh, I was like what the hell like what so I was like why 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 okay so I'm gonna help with the why for me because what I want to kind of do a little um, see me I keep going back I want to do a little backstepping so part of my backstepping is that you did the history reading. And again, this is exactly for me why I don't, because I don't want to bleed truth into this story that I'm being shown. And so they never, ever show you any other concubines. They never, ever talk to you about any other concubines. What you do hear oh, about, though, where? Towards the end of the, remember that new concubine came in and she got jealous right off the block? They didn't show you all the his concubines. Well, they showed us two. They showed us a young girl who came in and then she died and then they showed us the... she wasn't a con those two weren't concubines the yes, one girl. those were queens i thought no 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 because it was the old boy's sister she wasn't a concubine um i thought she was 
You're talking about I, I knew the last I knew her quote unquote, right? I know for and real, the one who the last killed her one with a concubine. Oh well, so I missed it because I thought she was the queen as well. Because no. she was able to go and speak to the Queen Dowager about her. No, that was just her being on her hustle. The the concubines were as close to queens as you can get without being the actual queen. Because remember, he had his... Okay, and this is where I know the history, and it's just crazy. Right, and he, that's why he, I'm saying, pause, don't mix the history with what they have presented only. But, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, between the young girl who died, I thought she was a concubine for real, and, and, and I have a reason for that, and then the the chick with the polka dots in pink because <laughs> her outfit was like mm-hmm. a mess that should have been clue number one she won right um she was definitely a concubine and see i missed that because i thought i thought the tutor's sister which is dokro i thought his sister was a queen because they were saying he's getting married and they picked her and why she came from a good family that was that wasn't a concubine. You don't marry concubines. No, no. They, that's what they call it. Her. That's what they call it. They call it marrying concubines. Girl, I had to go. That's why I had to go read. Okay. It no, but see, that's all. I guess. I guess. I'm. I'm gonna let that part go. Maybe I guess the history is needed, as Mister said in the uh, the interview there. Maybe it's needed because right. I don't know. In my head, that's not how it was presented, and so I just took it face value as it was presented. But in which case, oh, can I say this not, real quick? Can I go say this, Mr. Versa, and ahead. and that's why I think that there's a sh- there may be a shortcut or a shorthand that is going on because Korean viewers would know all of this stuff already. Yeah, so true. that's why sometimes they might not even say it versus us. We don't know. We're we're we have a huge learning curve. And even though I think you didn't want me to say it at the point before, I'm going to say it now. He was married when he was young to his queen, like when he was a a kid. And she couldn't have kids. And that's why he started collecting concubines. Mm. Because he already, even before he became king, when he was a crown prince, they'd married him off. Okay. So, go on. <laughs> so, again, regardless of whether they were concubines, queens, or whatever, I'm going to say that I know for the, like the first chick, he was not interested. His That right. whole situation and how it got put together was based upon Doak Rowe trying to put his name and make himself have some kind of stake in the royalty family. And Girl, that was pedophilia. His own, ha I've made it from being this poor broke boy or whatever. So that, you know, like for that situation, she was kind of irrelevant to me because she was really she was looking up to uh dokim she was excited about being there when she had come that one time to deliver something to her brother and dokim helped her she you know was all excited about oh you're such a cool person and whatever whatever he was busy trying to downplay dokim because he was trying to get his sister to be this person that he thought the king was going to or the crown prince at the time the crown prince was going to run after love and be with then for other chick, other chick, yeah, she was doing the absolute most. And mm-hmm. I feel like for her, she too had a vested interest. It wasn't even about the relationship itself and them trying to be, I want your attention or I want your love. No, I just want to run stuff. I want things to be the way I want it to be. And I think that's, for me, the difference with those women. So like their relationship and what was going on with them was that he did, like you said, you could tell he truly loved her. And even with his problematic behavior, it would be based upon, for me, the people he was talking to. So, like, Doak Rowe kept saying, 
oh, well, you know, if you really want her, just take her, just have her. You don't need to try to do all of whatever else you're doing. Just take her. That It'll get out your system and then you can move on. And even the Queen Dowager made a comment about if something is a desire that you keep chasing after, it becomes kind of like a sickness and you need to just clear your mind of it or do what you need to do so you can go on. And I'm like, whoa, y'all are all kind of like feeding into his head this concept of if you just basically excuse me but I'm going here if you just screw her you'll be all right everything will be good like no that like I don't know it was just to me the people around him were as fucking problematic as his behaviors and I think sometimes when you keep hearing stuff and it flows into who you are as you see I loved him it, mm-hmm. it, just it selling it just it. trying to sell it I get you don't worry, I'll talk about it afterwards. But yeah, go to tell who it. you are, and some of his actions begin to relay that. But I think he also had that part in him that made him go, "I love her." So even though I might have done this sick thing, let me just be done and stop because she's not giving me back the stuff that I want, or I'm seeing from her one thing, but her mouth is saying something else, and her actions are showing me something else. So I don't really know where to go. So I'm gonna just be done. But then she would pull him back in. But go ahead. No, that's why I thought she was wishy-washy. And that's why towards the middle, I was she was getting on my nerves. Up until like maybe the final two episodes, she was getting on my last damn nerve. Because I was just like, ma'am, if you don't want him and you don't want that life, I understand that you're stuck there, but you can remove yourself. Like even when she was banished from the palace, ma'am, you know what's up when you go start working for his sister. Okay? Like, right. Come on. If you're really about that life and really about being done, even if you're sheltered, even if you're sheltered, you move a little bit farther than his sister's house because you know he's going to go visit his sister. You know what's up. Like, come on. It's like driving by some dude's house and you just like, oh, that's the that's the direction I'm going for that McDonald's. No, I think you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. There are 500 McDonald's. You don't need to drive past his house to get to it. Anyway, bad analogy. But I did wonder if my sensibility about it had to do with like a modern sensibility so where I will give is that I can see why diabolical sidekick that's what I call him the the dude who lied I can see why he I can see why the queen were like y'all gonna do get this out of your system because women at that time by and large especially women who had no power were expendable and that's what I give this show above even the romance they gave us various pictures of female life, how women had to live, what they were trying to do to survive. When you have this chick, she was really an outlier. You don't have no money, no connections, for real, for real. Your best hope is to be the tool that somebody uses for their political machinations. And you got the nerve to tell the crown prince no, you can own my body, but you can't own my mind. Because I remember with that scene in the library where he's like, um, I own everything about you. And she was like, nope, no, you don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hate to tell you, but you do not. And that's why he was about to choke next and stuff. I was like, I just, can I just say again, they could have gone so right instead they went so left. Like, come on. That choke should have been like at some point she should have leaned forward like I'm going to kiss you like that would have add some level of consent and that was my problem consent twice yeah, at least twice yeah. he verbally was telling her I don't care about your consent even though 
everything around most of the time, 90% of the time, he was all about that. He was about loving her. He was very verbal about it. Like he was way more giving and verbal than she was. And that was part of bringing back to her wishy-washiness. It was like in private, she longed for him and she loved him. But when she dealt with him, she tried to be all stoic and a hard ass and stuff. And I'm right. Like, and even towards the end, when she was talking to her friends with the friend who's like, no joke, you know, no joke friend. She was like, well, as long as you don't fall in love with him, you know, you can do whatever, but don't fall in love with him. I was like, chick, if you ain't modern as hell. And then she was like, well, it's kind of too late. But the one thing I can do, I can't show him that I love him when I'm in front of him. I was like, that's a whole bunch of splicing so that you can retain some of your, you know, right, some sort of agency, some kind of personhood that you're going to be with him, have sex with him, have his kids, but you're going to keep, you're not going to show that you love him. I was like, no, that's a mess. And so that's why the whole romance was a bit, a little bit problematic to me. I'm sure there are people who were waxing poetic on how problematic this show was or how the, the romance was. But those were the key points for me. Even when he said it was funny as all get out in episode 16, I believe, when he was like, after it all went down with the brother. And okay, and this is what I'll give for the show too. They cleaned up every loose end. There was no loose end at the end of this <laughs> show, okay? Everything, everything. There was some surprises, like the surprise um, contract that the king had to pull out of the wall. Okay, that was a great surprise, but there were no loose ends. So even the secret of her brother, right? And the secret of her life, like when she's sitting there and second concubine is pissed off and she thought she had an aha. She was like, aha, you've been messing with a dude. Well, that's my brother. Okay, then. When he left and he was like, you gonna move her out of there? And then Dokimon's mentor was like, yes, thank you, finally. And then he's like, and make sure she comes to my bedroom tonight. And she was like, yes, wait a minute. What? Okay. He didn't, he didn't ask Dokimon. He didn't verify that with her. He was just like, he was in protector mode. He was like, I don't even think he knew that she was getting her butt beat or her legs beat or whatever. He was like, no more for that. You're not going to be about that. If I got to protect you this way, this is what I'm going to do. And I was like, okay, you've been going years waiting for this chick and you can't have a real conversation with her. And then she shows up, but she didn't show up happily until that first kiss. Pretty much, I didn't know she wanted to be there. I agree. But again, I feel like part of where my problem was was lying and where I had an issue is that, okay, I hear for her and I give 110,000% snap, snaps, clap, claps, that yes, the consent was an issue because for me, I felt like, though, Kim, you've got to like speak your piece. So like the, the, this that you just mentioned, I'm going to segue and tie it over to him. Just like when they had her down and they're telling her she could be killed, executed for having a lover, just like her friend who had the lover, got pregnant and was killed. She could be executed because she's now being accused of adultery. She did not clear her own damn name. She just sat there. And I'm going, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just tell him it's your brother. Like, how hard is that? Even if you didn't have proof at that exact second, just say it's your brother. Now, eventually her mentor went and got the 
the king's mom who helped raise them. So she was able to say, no, 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 that's our brother. This is what's going on and da 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 But Dokim, you couldn't say shit. You was just going to let them kill you? He like, how dumb was that? And he, he even called her out on it. Like, why right. didn't you tell them? Sorry. Right. Sorry, I right. interrupted you. No, you're fine. He even called her out. Like, why didn't you say that? That also, to me, alludes back to Dokim. If you didn't want to be with him and they tell you go to his room, when you get there, you're able to talk and you're able to say, hey, I don't want to be here and here's why. Or if you did, fucking speak your piece. What, like that whole thing that she told her friend that I have to reserve a piece of myself in order to feel like I haven't given all the way over. If you felt that was what you needed to definitely do, do it by saying what you need to say so that things can go the way you're feeling they need to go, as opposed to being like tossed in situations, if that makes sense. And I feel like with that situation, that was a prime example okay, fine, he's saving you by pulling you out of uh, the other chick's house, but now you're over here in his house, in his room, in his bed, and he's thinking, okay, well, you're here. We got to solidify this to make this all work out. And I'm not saying he's right. I'm just saying this is where, obviously, like you said, this was his minds of protection. Um, Don't you think you should speak on this? Instead of just being there and complaining about, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be here. Speak, tell him what's going on, because like the mixed signals was a malfunction for me because I feel like both of them were problematic because of these things like him because he kept on pushing towards wanting to have what he wanted to have even when she's saying one thing but for her I need you to be consistent like you can't say I don't want to be with you but then you grab my hand and tell me wait or you can't say I'm not interested in you but then you're hugging up on me from the back and telling me wait you know like you both of y'all need to get y'all shit together but go ahead Right. So there are a number of things. Number one, I I kind of understood why she did not speak, at least initially, because there was so much backstory to that. There was risking her brother in his life because they were children of traitors and his livelihood and the thing that sometimes women do where they sacrifice themselves for the males in their lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Number two, the agency and voice, the fact that we have that or we think like that is almost a modern phenomenon. Even today, there are women who are taught socially. And I mean, like, not in other countries, like in America, like just women don't have a voice or be careful what you say or do not speak or do not speak for yourself. So often I see this in television and not just Asian television. I see it in television and it is almost a a device that is used when they are pushing the story that she is so virtuous and so meek and so and so afraid that she just doesn't speak. She doesn't say anything. You and I were raised differently and maybe it's a cultural thing, an age thing. For example, my mom is a baby boomer And I can see how they even move differently. You're more ladylike when you're quiet. We're different. We're not. So, and I think in a separate conversation, we and some other friends talked about that concept. So there's that aspect of she's so virtuous and she's so good that she's just not going to speak. She's going to let other people speak for her. And that's how she gets on. You know, someone else saves her. 
She does not save herself. And then number three, if I remember correctly, because I when I when I tell you, like every bit of that scene where she goes to his bed for the first time, I was like, I know there's a drama, but let me it's it's been a long time coming. So let me watch with wide eyes. He did ask her and he did say, if you do not want to be with me, then make your decision now and I will never see you again. And she made her decision. At the very mm-hmm. tail end, he did actually ask the question and got her consent. And that's the only reason that worked for me. And that, you know, afterwards she was all glowing and happy and smiling and stuff. And, you know, I was like, okay, <laughs> you bought into the, you know, you got what you got. You drank I mean, the Kool-Aid. <laughs> right, right, right. And when I say like, even the comments on Vicky were giving me life. And around that whole scene, mm-hmm. people were cheering that she was finally going to get it in with it. Like people have been waiting for this to happen. So I get how it all went down. I it was definitely pro- problematic. No drama can be perfect. What's your next observation, Sangre? <laughs> My next observation and where I wanted us to get into this was the the fairies. Girl. Mm, girl. Fairy gang. Yes. The fairy gang was off the freaking fracking chain. Yeah. However, uh, aside from their diabolicalness, their togetherness, their tightness, I think what I'm concerned about and what I was really, I guess, trying to make it make sense for myself, the head fairy who eventually, was she killed? Um, Yes, she killed herself, remember? Okay, so the head fairy, her whole reasoning and everything that she said to everyone as she's talking and planning and backtrotting is that she didn't want him to be king because his father had killed court ladies in a state of madness which that was a lie that's because that's i'm like you can't tell me you're going to hold over his head all of the actions of his dad like that's that's a bit much for me I'm, i'm struggling with this because she was super diabolical about this and it just made me kind of go I don't, I don't know about this. I'm, I'm concerned and I, I need some something else. I needed somebody to make that make some sense for me and I couldn't make it make sense. It what did sense. you take out of that? What did you get? It makes sense to me because that wasn't her reason. Her reason was because the king turned her down. The king did her dirty. Like he for real did her dirty. Picture that the king, she and the king had the same relationship that the crown prince and, and Dokim had, Right? And mm-hmm. then at the 11th hour, where she thinks that she's going to be made into um, a concubine, that he's going to marry her into concubineness, mm-hmm. he turns around and marries her friend. That's, that's what happened. Because she was ride or die for him before he was a king. She helped make him a king. He was not, it wasn't like he came from, I mean, I have to look it up. And it wasn't like he was coming from a super kingly family. I think he was like in the family, but he was like the stepbrother. I don't remember the history completely about him. He was somehow in the family. There was a loose tie, but she was like ride or die for him. Um, And he pretty much, she was in super in love with him. And then remember he gave her a reason towards the end of the series. He was like, the other woman gave him peace. She was too much. He told her, you and I are too much alike. As in, he, you know, he was known as a wily king, like very 
fiery and wildly thinking king. And she clearly had the chops to like build a whole freaking army, right? To just be like, to to have the whole fairy gang and this whole, like all these options for damn near taking over the court if she wanted to, like she was that chick. I think she was him, but a female trapped within the limitations of her life. Some of what went down with the, with his son, his crazy son, I think she was instrumental in that. Somebody said that. Somebody right. made the point of pointing out that she instigated him to get to that. Who who was that? Do you remember? I don't I don't remember reading that. I mean what what I read No, it wasn't that. a read. No, 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 no. This was during the story, someone she was encountering and they called her out on all her shit and they were like, you know, you you're you're oh, it was the older lady that she wound up putting in the jail under okay. the that one she was like don't act like you weren't implicit in him doing basically the stuff that he did all of that took place because you you stoked it you pushed it and i like i again didn't read no history don't know none of the facts about how this all went down i just simply know that in paying attention i'm like oh i wonder what she did to cause him to like go that bananas like what the world happened Right. And in, in the history that I read, I didn't read about her or her character or anything about her, of course. I mean, right. I don't even know she I don't is, know she's real. Right. Well, I don't know she's real. But what I did read was that the crown prince, even when he became king, he spent years afterwards trying to exonerate his father. Like wow. trying to prove that like his father had not really been as crazy or that those circumstances were not what they thought they were. So that's why I'm like, I think that she, I think she hated the, um, the son of the king because that was not her child. That was her mm, child. Like, okay, okay. It, it, it was rotten from from the from losing him, from losing the king. Everything after that was rotten. Her hate. So that's the, all that conniving, all that bitterness, all of that was because she was not chosen. So by okay. trying to get the crown prince, that's just that was just an excuse. Like, oh, you got a crazy daddy. That was just an excuse for her to keep her hate going. That's why at the very end, like she, at least she was ride or die. At least she was like a gangster and an OG all the way to the end because because she was even even then the king was going to let her off. He was just going to banish her. That's why she killed yeah. herself because she could not live with it. She could not live with knowing because because even if oh she sure thing, did while right. they were talking in that room. I remember. Okay, go ahead. Right, and even even when and that's that was the tragedy. Like I'd say episode fifteen or somewhere in there towards the late episodes. Like there was there was episodes where I was like, why am I crying for the bad guys? And it's because the show is that damn good. Like it is. You know, you felt bad for a, di- a diabolical sidekick that his sister died because he was all up, like, would she really have died? Man, man, like, she man. Really have died for all the stuff that you were doing and she was in that space and it was not emotionally healthy. Girl, when I tell you one of the episodes, maybe it wasn't seven, it was one episode and I was like, this this show is causing me anxiety because ain't no way could I live in this situation. Like, look at them. Like, it was hilarious. I, it was crazy. I mean, I don't think I was over the top. I wasn't like on your level, but I think I was like, 
And what would that be? What would that be? I would I would say I was ten percent less. I wasn't like I gotta go see two p.m. I gotta do this. I gotta do. Oh man, I'm trying to tell you. Went right. down the rabbit hole. I wasn't there, but I, I was in my own version, which was, oh, let me go read the uh, research. Okay, well, let me watch this scene where he's like, send it to my bedroom. Let's let me watch that ten times because I was like, woo, boy, <laughs> you know, it was just funny. It was funny. Oh no, for me that that uh tub scene that was the one. Ooh, the first one of the um. No, the one where she fell in. Where yeah, that one. Yeah, that's the first one for me. Where okay. It's like, where she trips and falls. I'm like, okay, trope number two. First trope. Okay. Yeah, the first trope was definitely all oh, they, they childhood friends. They met each other as kids and then they completely forgot about each other. Listen, if I was walking somewhere in the dead at night when I was like seven years old and I met a little boy and then I met the king, I would remember each and everything about that night, ma'am. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. There's no forgetting. No forgetting. Not even like, can he be my little boyfriend? Like, even if. <laughs> So, anyway, anyway, um, I think we just did the thing that we do, which is like go off on a tangent. Yes, but, yes, um, yes. But yeah, you go, you go. So, okay, the the fairy gang was one of my things. So the other one would be, oh boy, the uh, what do you call him? Diabolical sidekick. Yeah. So, what? Like, okay, I guess we've spoken on it, but just your take on his ambitions, how he is pushing towards being, what is he trying to be a kingmaker? Like what the hell was he trying to do? Um, okay. So I'm trying to figure out how to answer because there is the answer based on what I actually saw. And then there is the way that, you know, give it all, give it all. You, you yeah, know just how give I it all. When I start going into what I think people's motivations are and the whole psychological side, I am not a psychologist. I'm pulling this completely out of my ear. Um, <laughs> I, I, at the very least, I think it was a com a combination of being obsessive about the crown prince and being envious of him. I think those two things were worrying with each other. He was basically taken off the street and given to the crown prince as a playmate, but used by the king as a spy. So uh. the kid grew up having to spy on the prince and only when the <laughs> guy supposedly helped the prince out did the prince start to trust him. But you could tell from what the prince said towards the end of the series, said, I never completely trusted you. Because I think the kid was always a little bit off. I thought I think the man was always off. Like there was always a duality with him where he had this wonderful smile and he had it together and all the women loved him. But at the same time, he was Man, because cool. Doke M pointed that out because, you know, all, like you said, all the ladies loved him. However, when he would talk to her, he was cold as hell. Right. I think he was even cold towards the women. The reason they didn't realize is because there was that wall. Like, they had that social wall where they didn't really know this dude. Like, they knew that he went to the well to get... Like a celebrity. Right. So they he would show up at the well for his, his weekly water or whatever the hell he was doing. Then they would bet to see who could go and give him water. But I don't think they were talking to this dude. They didn't know him. Because, right. Because if you talk to him for five minutes, you realize he was an asshole. Okay. Like he was not. He was. He was callous. He. he yes. Definitely did not value 
maybe anyone other than like the prince and anyone he could use, but he certainly didn't value the the court ladies, right? They were not concerned to him. That's why at one point when, when everything was going down and it was like, oh, the court ladies go save them. He was like, let them go. Like, why are you doing this? Well, even like when she was the one who flew the kite to warn him about the, the, uh, the fairy gang coming to attack mm-hmm. he took over and was like no i'm the one who saved you i'm the one who did i'm like you sound like a bitch right now like what do you what right. do you mean yes you went and you followed his order because he told you go get the guards you didn't do that on your own he told you go do that she's the one who did what she did in order for him to know oh shit there's an attack coming but aside from that part what i wanted to point out also was do you think and I mean, based upon what you just said, I'm going to say your answer is no. But I, do you think he was really in ever in his mind the king's friend? I, the reason I would say kind of yes was because I think that there is a space where if you think that you can use a person to get ahead and to and and, and this is where I say we're compl- I'm pulling it out of my ear. And looking at how people can be, you know, like, I think that I'm trying to think about his motivation. I think his motivation was power. I think his motivation was to be looked upon because he came from Mm. to be looked upon as powerful and to be seen as valuable. So when he had that slice of time where everyone was like jockeying for him and kissing his butt, that was the perfect time for him. So I think that the crown prince was his path to that in order for him to be as high up as he could be short of being a a king it was to be in the king's favor that was as close as he was ever going to get so he would so i think he did love the king i think he valued the king i think that knowing that the king asked for his counsel gave him a high but the flip side is he didn't have the king's heart remember the king was threatening the crown prince yet again and and diabolical sidekick said you know we could kill the king and the Uh, crown prince turned to him and he was like that's my granddaddy are you out your damn mind even to the very end i'm not gonna do stuff like that and then dude walked out and like did that whole you know asian drama moment where he like punches the ground and stuff like that and he's like ah you know mad at the world and it's because because at that very moment that was the crux of who he was he was both the person who was worried about the crown prince and yet unable to do the horrible nasty thing he wanted to do to protect like that was like the crux of who he was so his sister as loving as he was to the sister she was a tool man i felt so terrible for her because of that because at the end of the day she died because he forced her into that position she ain't have to die she didn't have to die but then at the same time i think doki and dokim i call her dokima sometimes you know because that's the that's how he called her yeah right but her name officially is dokim yeah and i think the end that when they put oz that's like a way of saying the person's name but like in a loving way or in a kind like a friendly way or the, it depends the on how it ends with a, a vowel or a consonant. Right, right. Girl, we've been reading, okay? We learning. We learning. <laughs> Listen, I read the same things too. I just don't follow up with it. I defer to you, man. So, 
y'all know we ride it out we try right okay. right so, <laughs> so i think that though kim she was like they call me back in like like she some kind of soldier and they're like you gotta come back to war she was like they're calling me back and she gave she told him hey I was wrong to blame you for your sister's death because it very well could have happened. Oh, when her when she went to go talk to him, did she right. talk to him before he died? Yeah, yeah. And see, that speaks to this place where even though they were apart from each other in some ways, like they didn't go grow up completely together, they had like enough history that they knew each other and they knew each other's tics. Like she had enough of a relationship with this dude over the years that when she was out in the market, he slid up to her, talked in a very informal way to her because they knew each other, because she had right. been in rooms with him, you know? So, and and that's what the the concubine, that second concubine and the pink polka dots, that's what she didn't get. Because when she accused Dokimon of having a side dude, and then she started talking badly about the crown prince's father. Oh, because she, she went in she without went in. realizing she had crossed all kind of lines. You hold it, hold. You talking about my, well, well, you know, you talking about my daddy and you going to talk? No, nah, you're doing too much. Right. And I think it's because she didn't know that history. She didn't feel that history that they all had. That's why Dokim went to see him at the end. Because he was, even if he was an ass, even if he was like the Eddie Haskell of the set, <laughs> going all the way back to Leave It to Beaver, even if he was the Eddie Haskell of the of their set, he was still someone that she owes something to because she really did like his sister. Whether it was financial causes or because that setting was like messing with her spirit, you know, because you can be in a place that you're not supposed to be in and the stress of it and the life of it can eventually mess with your body. So to summarize, I think it was a combination of him being a little bit of a, a psychopath and a little bit of a narcissist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was there something else that you noticed? So overall for me, I think the final thing that I really kind of contemplated, and again, keep in mind, I am not the one who read the history. I do not know how this king for real functioned, what was what. But when he was reflecting after Dokim had died, he was reflecting and he was on a walk and he went to a hill and he met an older gentleman and the gentleman obviously didn't know he was a king. And he just, the gentleman was sharing how wonderful the nation was and how awesome things had been going within the nation because the king was such a benevolent, wonderful king. And I think that was something that was kind of cool to me because it spoke to his character. And maybe it was a character of the actual character or a character of the real king, don't know. But it spoke to his character in this drama of being a person who was considerate, who was caring, and who was doing and wanting to do what was best for the people and not someone who was selfish or had ulterior motives, not in line with being a good king. Right. I mean, I think that that was one of the threads that was sewn throughout the show that Do Kim definitely believed him to be a good man and had the potential to be a good king. And that's one of the reasons she was like ride or die and she was defending him to the rooftops because she could see that in him. Maybe even when he could not completely see it in himself. Because when the show first starts, 
it's not like he's like this devil may care prince but he at the same time doesn't adhere to what his grandfather wants him to be he's been having to follow within these strict lines because his father was batshit crazy right right? so he's in weird ways tried to step out of those lines and sometimes it was almost it was to his detriment like he was two seconds from the king coming for him because at first i was like okay i know the king is fiery but is the king even before the king really had dementia it was like the king was so strict and was so listening to other people who wanted to knock the crown prince out of the running to be the next top king right right? so he was always in a dicey situation and i think that Do Kim believing in him and seeing something in him before it was proven she was that link that he was like decent i have my observations we've talked about a lot of them do you have anything else before no please go ahead the last of my notes so like speaking of the the fairy gang one of the things that stood out to me was Do Kim's mentor like kind of older sister I, i don't know what to call her but like, you know, second mother or something like that, um, who she, you know, like actually slept in the same bed with this woman when she was an apprentice. They were super close. And it was just interesting to see this woman like throughout the show, an overriding factor to me is, like I said before, the different roles of women and what women could do to get along or make their way. And the mentor, what she did was she played dumb. Yeah. Like to the point that eventually the the fairy gang leader was like, I know what you've been doing all the, for all these years. You've been playing dumb. You you can't hear. You can't see. You don't know what's going on. The mentor always knew that the fairy gang existed. That the people that she grew up with were in the fairy gang. You know what I'm saying? And she still kind of was like, hey. I'm just not, I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. It is what it is. And then until the fairy gang jumped her in and she had no choice. And so that just stood out to me as a thing that, um, you know, some of these women, you know, especially when you saw the older lady who the old court lady and how she was like two seconds from being kicked out of the palace. Like you just saw that that was what they had to do to get along, like all kinds of dastardly things were happening and what you really wanted and i think what do kim wanted was just to do just to not be seen to to do your job but not be seen unfortunately for do kim she was just a little bit too loud and out with her life to 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 be quiet and then she just happened to bump into the the crown prince because for real for real if she had not bumped into the crown prince in the in the library um this would not have been as good a story or you know the story wouldn't have happened that way and even in the the little bit of historical research i did and i i don't don't hold me completely to this because i wasn't doing like you know days of research or whatever um the crown prince like in, in real life he met her once and fell in love with her at first sight oh wow right right so the fact that they kind of had this thing in in the library and all that stuff, that's cute because they really made this slow burn, like from beginning to end. Yeah. They didn't like each other. Then they, they were friends kind of, and then it, he was really checking for her. And, you know, then it, and then 
the grand majority of the series was about him checking for her and she was like, no, no, no. But, (laughs) but, but it it was still like, but that was an interesting element. Um, I also had a notation at one point. I was like, Do Kim is the backwards bell of the Joseon, Joseon era. Like she gave me backwards all kinds of like beauty in the beast. Ah. She gave me Bell all the way because she's a reader. She trapped in a palace. <laughs> she constantly running away from the beast. Like she was giving me Bell all day long. That's funny. And I was like, yeah. Because, you know, it was just like, oh, I want, you know, and I think at one point the, um, that song, you know, um, what will save me from this provincial life or something like that? Like was ringing. Heck to <laughs> the no, that. that is hilarious. We need to make that a video. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, that would be funny. We can just figure it out because I kid you not. I was like watching this chick. Like, so then my other observation. Okay, if sixteen was about the laughs because for some reason in episode sixteen it was joke after joke it was humorous to me 17 was tears upon tears so like, now just as a now here here's my reading portion because you know i don't i didn't do none of the backstory working but initially this drama was written as a 16 episode drama flat out 17 okay. was added because everybody was so excited and so into it they added on 17 for fan service basically like Y'all feeling this? Okay, here y'all go. We're going to give y'all some more. So that was like the, okay, we'll use that to just tie everything up. Now, I'm not sure how in editing, how it went, because, of course, they had opportunity to edit before we get it. But 17 was an add-on, and it was an add-on, like, mid-series somewhere was when they said, because people are so into this, we're going to add an extra episode for y'all. Right, and it was a good add-on. Like, it was seamless. It didn't feel like... You know, I mean, we're so used to seeing 16 episodes that when we see 17, we know what's going on. But it was seamless. But when I say 17 had me in all kinds of tears, mm-hmm. because here's here's the crux of what broke my heart. Okay, like this is the thing that made me cry about it. He had to live, I think, another like. Don't hold me to it, but I think another like 15, 20 years after she died without mm-hmm. her. And the way they represented that kind of sort of was that he had tried to forget about her and then it all came back. And I think, in, and I, I just, you know, I'm an empathetic person. I try not to be sometimes like I'm, maybe that's the dokim in me. I don't know. But, you know, you want to build that wall of emotion it's from emotion but it just struck me when you like find someone who you so love like everything works not like y'all don't fight but like everything works and you actually get married and the way that you lose them is like divorce or something like that or you know he becomes a fuckboy asshole or something but the way you lose him is Mm -hmm. through death and then you have to live the rest of your life without that person. I don't know how widowed um, spouses do that because it just broke my heart. And he was so steeped in his work and that's what they were showing. And God knows he had concubines. Like, 
you know, he wasn't in those streets, but he was in them hallways and those residences. Like he had he had concubines, okay? There was he was always gonna be able to get it in. But to have somebody by by most accounts, she was the one that he he loved. Um, you know, maybe he did his duty with other women, maybe they complimented him a bit or two. You know, they had a nice little flirtation at most, but she's the one that he mourned and she's the one that he really loved so I just towards the end it was nice for them to add all those elements and stuff like that but so I agree episode 17 was like that one that just took me all the way over um it did what what you said at the beginning it wrapped up every single detail there was not one thing that left me going well, I wonder what happened to, oh, they didn't tell us about, I, I was good right. by the end of 17. They had taken care of all, all the stops. And I'm also even going to tell you, because I've said this online, just in talking, that dream that he had had when he had come to visit her one day mm-hmm. while he was in the middle of working, that dream that he had, mm-hmm. and I kept going, they going to take us somewhere with that dream? 17 took care of it because I was blown away by that like they just kind of left that out there what what shocked him what was happening it was Inception I was like oh shit look at this this is Inception if you've ever seen that movie where it's dreams upon mm-hmm. dreams right it was a dream upon a dream and I was like okay this was dope this this made me go whoever that director is and that writer uh, y'all are, I'm going to be looking for y'all's next projects and future projects because your minds, I love how your minds think. It was awesome to me. That was so dope. Can you explain it to me again? Because maybe I'm missing something. What I gathered was that he had had a bad dream, but I can't even remember what the bad dream was about. Well, that's the point. They didn't show us. He just was startled waking up. But then when we get to 17 and you're going through his life and you're seeing he's going through back through their lives and he's going through the happy moments and times he's getting ready to go out the gate and he wakes up from the dream in her lap. And then it goes into, Uh, you realize, Oh snap, wait a minute. He's like, this is his passing. He's seeing what the future. Cause she said, you can go back. You don't have to stay. You can go back. And he was like, no, you know, this, I, I wanted, when I said it then, I wanted this moment to last forever. This was there forever. So I was like, Oh snap. That shit was hot. Like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think I missed that at the end because towards the end, I was too busy going, oh, this is hurting. Like, this is ending, but I'm glad it's ending. Like, I think I I missed that kind of loop. You okay. Know what I'm so I have to go back and watch that. I have to definitely go back and watch it. And if you're listening to this and you go back and watch it, tell us what you think. Because, yeah, there was just, there. I mean, all the characters, I think we were going to also talk about each character individually, but we talked about the characters who mattered. Um, yeah, because aside from his uh, his armor, not the armor, what's his uh, his guard, his head guardsman, who I freaking loved. He was cool as heck, too. Yeah. Aside from him, like, there wasn't too many other people who I felt like I wanted to delve into. The guard, I just liked how they had, like, a brotherhood. Like, he was a big brother, and he, you know, sitting and listening with him. Or, hey, did you hear what she said? Or, you know, that kind of stuff. He was just cracking me up. I enjoyed that. Right. I mean, it cracked me up to no end. He was like, didn't you hear the end of what Dokim said? It? And he was like, what are you talking about? She said that she was in love with me. He was like, yeah, she was joking, dude. Like, let me tell you the rest of it. Uh, exactly. 
Right. And and this is what told me that they had an interesting brotherhood because remember when Diabolical Sidekick was in trouble for the last time mm-hmm. and and they were like, Hey, what are we gonna do? We might have to kill this dude. And the guard got on his knees too because he was like, No, you can't do right. that. Right. Because because it was like even if you didn't completely trust him, they, that was still your boy. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was still your boy. And I think that that was like an interesting thing because both the king and the crown prince had that kind heart to them. They had that space for them. I mean, the king less so because he didn't mind, you know, slashing and burning. But and the crown prince wasn't a pushover. But there was still this little sliver of space, even with the king. The king, like Chick, had been doing the very most. Um, fairy um, gang leader had been doing the very most like for, for decades uh-huh, uh-huh. and he still was just going to exile her and then she when she killed herself he was broken yes he was because he was like you did not have to do that yes he was right and I think it's I think it was a combination of he, he once upon a time he loved uh-huh. her and also uh-huh. that he felt um, guilt you know, he felt guilt. It took him decades to apologize to her for doing that. Like, that's why I'm like, think about if that dude is your dude and you think I'm going to marry him one day and then he marries your friend. I know, right? And then he's just like, oh, suck it up and oh, keep on working. And she has to keep on moving and, and, and living that life in the palace serving him. Yeah, she started to get better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm bagging up to the guard. That was the other thing was because the guard also checked Dokoro and said to him, that's the tutor, the crown prince's tutor, best friend, diabolical friend, whatever you're calling him. Anyway, he checked him right. and was like, you know, I see the stuff you're doing and I see you call yourself putting on it. Like they had had words. And even after having words, even after calling out all of his shit, he still got down on his knees with him. And that's what made me go, that's a stand-up dude right there. Because he didn't right. have to. He could have been like... Yeah, go and kill him. He he good. He he been out here doing stuff you don't know about. No way, go and knock him off. But no, he even got down and was like, you know, no, let's. This this not how you want this to go. Right. So well, I think we've exhausted everything <laughs> that we can say about uh, Red Sleeve. We both like the drama. Yes. We both would recommend the drama. <laughs> um, and if and it. It causes you to do a number of things. So just be prepared. If you've not seen Red Sleeve or you still plan to see it after the whole discussion, hopefully if you got past the spoilers, you've already watched it because otherwise you now might not completely want to. But this is a show that gets you to do a number of other things, including listening to (laughs) 2 p.m. music, includes reading history books to find out what the really real was, like it's that good so um please tell us what you think about this because we'd love to hear your opinion even if you dislike the show and you had like some serious issues because i'm not like a hardcore feminist so i don't know the feminist perspective of a show like this because there were definitely 
problematic element. And there are some friends, you know, who we spoke to online who shared that they were not content with it. There were things that they disliked and, you know, they were in the majority, minority, I'm sorry, they were in the minority. And so those were kind of some of the people who we did want to speak with and talk about because I think hearing other perspectives kind of helps to give you an understanding where we all come from because at the end of the day one of the things I love about this is we all have varying perspectives we all think differently and it's okay and I think that's you know part of one of the things we wanted to kind of touch on in this is that we realize there are people who did not feel this was the drama of the year because this was drama of the year for me who did not feel this was the drama of the year and who are not like stoked about it and so you know we recognize your opinions matter as well but based upon where we came from and we didn't talk in advance based upon where we came from. This is just how we felt about the drama. Right. Oh, you know what? Let me ask you one question before we for real let this mm-hmm. go. Cause this was some kind of, you know, along with the whole, it wasn't, I didn't tie into the problematicness. That's not a word. The problematicness of, of how he acted. But there was like some light BDSM going on there. Like every time, like twice she was like, Punish me, punish me. I was like, chick, what are you talking about? Like, what is that with this? I was like, I mean, the second time later on when she was like, punish me, punish me, I was like, um, are you talking about you want him to use you and put you in a back room? Like, what is this? What are you talking about? Um, did you understand? I that? didn't. I'm not gonna tell a lie because again, my mind, my American mind, did exactly what yours just did, and I was like, okay, so she want him to spank her or something? Like, what is she going on about? <laughs> I'm confused. Honestly, honestly, I'm like, okay, I understand because even towards the end, I got the impression, and maybe it was like also the comments uh, and Vicky. You know, people were like, she she telling you to go on and do it. She just don't want to be a concubine. I was like, okay, that makes sense. But he didn't already told you if he does that, you're going to be thrown in the back room and the court ladies are going to talk about right. you. You know, you're never going to be right again. And so he can't like, watch that happen to you. So the best of these worlds is this what you're going to do. But see, this is what confuses me too. If he could, for all intents and purposes, get with any of the court ladies, like at will, and he's not going to concubine all of them, right? Okay, I'm going to use that as a verb <laughs> instead of a <laughs> And he's not going to concubine all of them. Then why the hell we should be in a back room? She'd have just been one of the main ladies he got it down with. Because I think what? it would, I don't know. Like, I'm going to be honest because when at first I understood it in my head, I thought I, you know, thought it made sense and I thought I got it. But when old girl who did go pursue somebody she wanted to be with and got pregnant and they killed her, when that happened, I was like, oh, shit. So I'm a little confused because if this is the case, everybody's a concubine. None of y'all are free. What, what, what are we talking about? Everybody's a concubine. So I, to me, we'll don't understand what the, what the delineation is. Aside from you get a nice room and uh, some clothes and stuff. Like, what's the difference? Well, see, that's the thing. I can kind of understand it because I've read a whole bunch of... See, there you go. So go and give us the history breakdown, uh, Professor, or something else. Not not the history breakdown, but, like, you know, when you look at historical, like, history in different societies, even in feudalistic culture, um, you have the maid. You have, see, that's the thing. Like, when I think about it, she was a maid. 
they called them court ladies. She was a maid for the house. Okay, but stop. And so when and, and stop, 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 stop. I'm sorry. No, I just have a, a point I want to ask while you're explaining this. Okay. So are you saying though that the maid, for all intents and purposes, is subject to the head of the household just because they're the maid? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Because what I'm saying is that she was a combination of a nun, a servant, and a potential sex partner. That's why he was looking like, I could have all of them. Because he was the king. All the court ladies he could legit sleep with, whether they wanted to or not. And they couldn't say anything about it. That's what they were signing up for. And I, that part I understood. I wasn't confused about that. I'm saying, for me, I think the confusion lied in. Initially, that was why I'm going... I'm not sure what she's fighting against because, hell, all of y'all in my eyes are concubines. None of y'all are different. Y'all all can no, no, be... No, no, no. No, no, no. But see, that's the thing. You're, you're looking at them. They're not concubine. Like, concubine is a role. Like, what is the role? That's what I need to understand. Okay, so, you're not... I need... Yeah. So, okay. So there's the maid that she was. The, the woman he would sleep with. That's a one-off. A concubine is an actual role where he married them. It's okay, like, but I mean, aside from the marriage, at the end of the day, this is sister wives, okay? Everybody in here is... No. It is. No, I don't no, understand it's, the it's, difference. It's aside from the title it's, it's, of a marriage, in which case he's got several marriages going on, what's the difference? The difference is the difference between having sex with somebody and having them as a girlfriend or a serious partner. Or okay. Okay. So, 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 so like those are one night time. stands then. Yeah. Okay. Make it even, make sense. Make he, it make sense. Even, yeah. Even if he was like having multiple night stands with these women, the fact that he would not like outwardly socially claim them, like he could have slept with some of them for days upon days. He wasn't going to make that. He wasn't going to marry them into concubineness. I mean, and I understand your point of the concept, but right. that's why I was saying I needed to make sense for my sensibilities. Cause you're steady telling me concubine is not the same. Help me understand why it's not the same. So I get it. Now you're saying this is not somebody who I'm partnering up with. This is just somebody who I slept with. Okay. One night stand. I get that. Go ahead. Right. And, and so, and one night stand doesn't necessarily mean literally one night. It just means you're not somebody, um, you, you, uh, we call it a fuck buddy. I don't really care, but you get my point. It's like, if he wanted to be like Hakeem and say, wash the royal penis, that didn't make them mean anything. Right. So that's why her becoming a concubine gave her a certain level of security and power. And why the fairy gang leader told her from youth that's what you want to aspire to right because that's what she had been wanting to aspire well also though if you pay attention what she's saying is that's the highest place any of us can ever be we can't be anything else that's the highest place any of us could ever be so if you're selected for that you want that right because the queen was off the table she's a noble woman she comes from a higher echelon. Now, sometimes the concubines, this is what I read yesterday. Like if the queen dies or something, maybe they might be up for it. But by and large, royal concubine is like you said, that's the highest level they could get to. You could be any woman off the street. If you made your way a particular way 
and you got his eye and he wanted to marry you into concubineness, that's not a word, then <laughs> it could happen. I don't know what she saw in Do Kim that she was like, yeah, this I'm going to save you for that. She didn't have gray eyes. Like, I didn't see anything about her. Like, okay, she's smart, but she went like smarter than the average bear. I don't know what she saw in little Do Kim that made her go, you the one. Um, but then when when they broke well, up, she was like, I realized I didn't need you in the first place. Right, and I was going to say that was the whole point of why she needed her, because she wanted to use her. She wanted to use Do Kim right. for her very gang powers and to do what she was trying to do but when she realized Doke M was extremely self-actualizing about herself and not really trying to move for no other purposes than what she thought she should be doing that's when she got ticked off and it was like well I don't need you anyway I can still do what I was going to do but no her initial plan was I'm going to place you there and you're going to be my mole and my plant to do what I want you to do Right. And and you know what? That reminds me of something. Well, let me make this one point. And then the thing that cracks me up, episode 16 was, it had gems. Um, Do Kim uh, was not only seen by the fairy um, gang leader, but also the queen, like the queen and his mother. Like there were three women throughout that show who were like, hey, don't you want to be part of my group? Don't you want to be mm-hmm. in my in my circle? And it's and it's because they all thought that they were going to be able to use her. And each one of them were like, well, "Don't you want to come over and be a maid over at my house?" And she was like, "Nope, I'm good." Like it was crazy because towards the end of the series, the Dowager Queen was or Queen Dowager was like whichever way you say it, Queen Dowager. Um, well, that's how it's written on the screen when we read. But go ahead. Thank <laughs> you. The Queen Dowager was like. Um, don't you want to come over here and and be a maid in my circle? And then when Do Kim was like, no, she was surprised. Yeah, like, like the, how nerve the nerve of you to not take my offer. Right. And speaking of the funny things and and offers, so then remember the scene where, of course you remember it. They find out that she has a brother in the whole circumstance. So then when they leave, it's just the. Uh, Queen Dowager and the concubine in in pink polka dots, right? Mm-hmm. And remember, she's like crying, and then the queen says, "Stop crying." She was like, "I, I hope to never see you again." Girl, and she gets up and walks straight. You silly bitch! You you were supposed to make this work. You didn't make it work. I'm done with yes. it. Yes. And she just walked. She got up and just floated away. I was dead. I was like, "This is a mess." Because yeah, that was uh, to be like. Okay, she's not playing like you have officially, because you basically had her look like a fool. She calls this court, right. she calls up, I'm going to have Dokim murdered, what you going to do about your girl, you, you can't do nothing to help her because, you know, either you going to fall into what I want you to do, and at that point, had her brother been killed already or died? No. Right, so she was still holding that over his head, and it was like all of this stuff went in for the lady to have wrong information. Like, Chick, you done, you got me looking she stupid over here. I hope I'll never have to see your face. <laughs> and she didn't just have wrong information. She doubled and tripled down, she right? She did. So, and then she was like, it don't matter anyway. You need to kill her anyway. And then she was talking about the prince yeah, or whatever. Yeah. That's when the queen looked down like, damn, you dumb. Mm-hmm. Don't you know that's his daddy, you dummy? And then he was like shouting at her and she was like, oh, 
I just realized because that was the key to that character. If you have to speak about her character, that was the key to this character. From the very beginning, when we first see her at his sister's house, she's very clear that she does not know the rules of the court. Yeah. She'll know nothing. So she must have been like a merchant's daughter or something else. She was something high up, but she wasn't high up enough to know all the rules and know not to be stupid and say all kinds of stuff. So she's just popping off and Lord, it was just Or at least if you don't get somebody to be your eyes and your ears out in them streets, have them be correct. Have them do all the full fact checking, but don't come back with no cocky information and expect me to be able to run with this. If it ain't point on point, you gonna have a problem. Because she was just dumb from She was. She was observant enough, and and we know that she had to be written that way because she wasn't a character that was supposed to run through. Mm -hmm. She only had her short self-life, but, you know, the actress did well in that role. Um, But from get-go, she, other than seeing right away that the prince was checking for Do Kim, she was just making wrong moves left and right. Like, if you see that the the prince has been checking for this shit, then you need to watch her, not like go against her right away. Don't come up with dumb reasons to like start beating her ass. Like that don't make no sense. Um, but I mean, that anyway, would, have, anyway. would have required her to be wise enough to realize placement. In her head, she was a court lady. She wasn't nobody and her placement didn't matter. So even though he's looking at her, I'm still over here as the, the concubine. And so, yeah, she, she was off the chain. She was off the chain. Right. Well, I think we've uh, spoken ad nauseum mm-hmm. about every this, detail. Um, yes. Right. I mean, maybe not every detail, but we've hinted, we've gotten close. If y'all think we missed something, please, please, please comment. You know, we're on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Of course, you can go to the website and comment there and listen there. So anything else? Sung Ray before we end this? Um, no. Other than come check out our Pinterest if you haven't been and you can mm. fawn and gaze at pictures with me because that's what I do. That's my space. <laughs> <laughs> it's so real. It's so real. You be going up there and be like, dang, all the men, all the fine men, and she's defined and put them in various categories and stuff. You be like, good God. Okay. She is the librarian of, of a fine man on Pinterest. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that, man. So anyway, this has been a BGS Clubhouse episode. I am something else. And I'm Song Gray. Bye.